Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from. Put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry. Be very afraid. You'll be our number one I'm fan and one get day. carried away. All working, no play, you know it. Always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Welcome head cannon. to head cannon. Tonight uh, we have a very special guest, Julia Williams, returning. What what movie did we do before? Was it The Exorcist? It was The Exorcist. The Exorcist, yes. And I I know you from Second City here in Chicago, and then I know you moved back to DC or or the DC area last time we yeah. talked to you. Yeah, I moved uh, back to Frederick County, my home county um, in Maryland, uh, which is about 45, 50 dri minute drive north of D.C. Um, but I moved back here like the f November before COVID hit. Okay. <laughs> right. And then I've been trapped here the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. What, what have you been up to lately So what, since we last talked to you? What's, it's been not quite a year. Something yeah, it's like not, it, yeah, I think it's it's been we're pretty close to a year because mm. I think we I think you guys saved The Exorcist for like a nice like October episode. Um, no, this was uh, let's see. I stopped working at the library so I could focus on my graduate school program full time. Um, so I'm in my third semester. I started classes today. Nice. That was part of the reason I was like, I think I might be five minutes late because I am trying to get like as much stuff done. But I wanted to do school full time and be done with that on time next yeah. semester. Um, but recently, and the reason my voice sounds a little off is because uh, the Maryland Renaissance Festival had just oh, we had our opening weekend this past weekend. Nice. Um, and I've been in rehearsals since July 14th. Or no, July 16th, excuse me. And uh, the crowds, I think we broke record our own records on uh, Saturday, opening day. Like, there <laughs> were times awesome. where, like, apparently vendors were kind of, like, hiding stuff so that, like, they would have merchandise for the rest of the weekend. And, <laughs> like, we just had so many people. And um, are you familiar with the TikTok sensation Jacques Zewipper? I don't think so. Oh, he, like, made a big deal. Like, he was a big deal a couple of years ago on, on Instagram and stuff where he, you know, he uses a whip to do all kinds of cool tricks and, and, and feats of amazing whipness. <laughs> um, but the Renaissance, my Renaissance Festival, Maryland, uh, snagged him for our first weekend. Nice. And um, we, the cast, the acting cast, we do uh, street spears. We do scenes from Shakespeare and restoration plays and that sort of thing in the street. And people play bingo and kind of play along with it. Uh, and it's got a very loyal following of street spear goers. Okay. Um, and we were at the back of Jacques the Whipper's show. So we were like, oh, we'll just wait for his 
fans to just turn around and pay attention to Macbeth, they didn't want to do that. No. So we were competing with Jack Sawyer. <laughs> They're just like, more whip, more whip. More whip, more whip. Oh my. <laughs> I'm surprised. I was like almost expecting, because he was at, he's at the stage that um, like PG-13 shows are at. It's called the Blackfriars. Okay. And um, yeah, I was half expecting like a corset or some, some panties to be thrown out of the guy. Like he's very, <laughs> very popular. He's a very popular man. <laughs> right. Jacques. The Whipper. Okay, I'll have to look that up. Some Jacques the Whipper. Yes, wears very tight breeches. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. So what do you? So what do you do? You say you're doing Macbeth at the uh, the Renaissance Fair. Yeah, we. Uh, the scene that I'm part of is um, it's Act One, Scene Seven. It's the whole. Uh, you know, Macbeth says, "I dare do all that may become a man." Um, I have the screw your courage to the sticking place line. It's uh, Macbeth doubting, like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't." Yeah, everybody. Everyone's been so nice to me since the war ended. I shouldn't kill Duncan. And then his wife comes in and is like, are you fucking No, no, you don't tell me that we're going to kill the king. And then you say, we don't want to kill the king. So she like forces him to do it. And it's very cool. Nice. So, yeah. Did yeah. You, I have not seen it. I want to see it. But the, uh, did you see the most recent Macbeth by one, one of the Coen brothers did it? Yeah, I never, I didn't see it. I think it came out during the pandemic and I was like, or like at some point towards the end of that first round of the pandemic. Yeah. And, and it was only showing in special theaters and I was like, uh, I was still, I was still kind of nervous about going to a movie theater, but yeah, I, I do want to see it. I, I haven't even thought to like look it up. But, <laughs> yeah. But my, yeah. My I'm... favorite version of Macbeth is uh, um, the one with Patrick Stewart. Did you ever see that one? Oh, I've, I've seen clips of it. I've seen Patrick Stewart in that role, but I haven't seen the whole thing, though. No. The witches are so terrifying. They're like these nurses. Like, that's another, like, honestly, that's another episode you guys could do. It's like the Patrick Stewart Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, you know what? We do need to get some Shakespeare in here. We haven't really, we haven't done any Shakespeare. <laughs> that's another episode I could be on, Corey. Um, but yeah, I'm also in a play. It's a restoration farce uh, from 1605 called Eastward Ho. Um, okay. It's not what you think it is. Get your minds out of the gutter. No, no, um, no one thinks that. <laughs> it's uh, these people on, um, uh, if, if you were a merchant on the Thames in London, mm -hmm. uh, you would you would yell, Eastward Ho, to like let your patrons or your clients know that you were going to be on the east side of the Thames. Mm -hmm. If you were yelling, Westward Ho, you would say that to let your clients know you're on the west side of the Thames. Um, and uh, yeah, I play a city dame. I basically smack my castmates with a fan i yell about the color chartreuse and there's all kinds of me just like kind of blatantly sexually harassing this one character <laughs> shout out to my friend matt crawford oh my god i'm sorry buddy uh, um but it's a very funny play it was actually fun fact uh it was written by ben johnson and two other playwrights i can't remember their names um but they actually got him imprisoned for it because they make fun of scottish people really badly like it's like pretty racist how like against the Scot Scottish people that it is, right. um, that James I, who was a Scottish king, he was on the throne of England, he had them imprisoned. Wow. Oh, so, yeah, pretty cool stuff. That's wild. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're all about some Scottish plays right now. Oh, I love Scotland. That's a great, great place. <laughs> Got great plays. Yeah. But um, speaking of which, there are, I don't think, there's only one Scottish person in 28 Days Later, and I think that's, uh, is it Fallon? Is his name the one? Oh. The one guy that like is sitting in that trench with Killian Murphy towards the end, and he's just like, "Who gives a shit about a diseased little island?" Yeah, Farrell. <laughs> Farrell. Yeah. Farrell. That's his name. Oh my gosh, I don't know why I was thinking Fallon. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Farrell. Uh. What I love about that is just because I remember when I first saw this movie, and he said it like, "Who cares about a diseased little island?" I think 
I don't know, those of us like growing up, you know, learning about Western history, um, Western European history, because of the British Empire, we always think of Britain as being this like great big grand place because of all the pomp and circumstance that comes with it. But if you think about it, you boil it down. It's a fucking island. Yeah, it's no, a it's, tiny little island in yep. the ocean. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, it's real tiny. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they weren't, if the English Channel did not exist there, like if they were further out, yeah, nobody would care. No, no one would care. No, no. If they were like Hawaii distance, no, no. Oh yeah, no. Like it would have taken anybody years to find them. I, the Romans would never have invaded. <laughs> right. They would have tried, but they would never have gotten there. Right. Have, yeah, it, they would have been like, ah, screw this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're not, we're not finding this thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's such a, it's such a like. I don't know. It's just it like that movie. I don't know. I think up until then, like, like it was such a fresh take on zombie movies because there was always kind of this idea of, um, I don't know. I, I'd never, I'd never seen a zombie movie where the zombies were truly threatening. Yeah. Like, like if you got caught, it's because you were stupid or something didn't work. Like it was one of those things. You know? <laughs> yeah. The slow shambling zombies. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, and I don't know if, did you ever get into the conversation because this movie came out in 2002 and then in 2006, Shaun of the Dead came out. Mm-hmm. I know when I was in college in 2007, like that was like a running joke was like, you know, would, in a world of zombies, you want Shaun of the Dead zombies. You don't want 28 Days Later Yes, zombies. yeah. They're so scary because they, they're Olympic athletes. <laughs> These are the fastest fucking things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, especially because with, uh, and I like that the rage virus, like, yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, they're just, they're just amped up. It's like they took a bunch of cocaine and fucking, you know, they're just pump firing on all cylinders. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, yeah, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking, um, like of uh, like bull sharks mm-hmm. um, because Jaws, they always, you know, in, in the movie uh, and in the book, it, it's a, you know, Jaws is a great white, but in reality, the, the incidents that um, they were, the, that were, they were based on was actually, they were actually done by a bull shark. Um, uh-huh. So it's not as big, but I think the testosterone levels are in the thousands, right. even for females. <laughs> so like, it's almost like rage is like a ton of cocaine plus testosterone Right. And because these, you know, they don't have any personalities anymore. Um, and then of course, like, you know, obviously you, cause, cause they are, they're not dead. Right. They're not. Yeah. Like that was something that I, I, I had, I noticed the last time I watched this, like last year, like they're not dead people mm-hmm. and it really is. To, but, but, but this, this level of, of adrenaline is keeping them awake and keeping them alive for four weeks after they've, after they should have expired and should have died of <laughs> massive blood loss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and I think you, you kind of tied something together for me just now with the, uh, rage zombies and which by the way, for anyone listening, we're talking about 2002's 28 days later, uh, this episode and Brent, Brent will join us shortly. He had to run in there. His kid lost his shoes or something. He had to go find his kid's shoes, but Brent will join us when he can. But I think, I'm kind of starting to think of these like rage zombies and the bull shark as kind of like the alpha dude bros of their respective, you know, like the rage zombies mm-hmm. would be the one that's like, you know, you need a, you need a submissive woman to make your dinner. And you know, Oh yeah. They'd be, they'd be total dude, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. They would out of the zombie world. Yeah. Because this was, this was like a solid decade before walking dead came out. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know. I, and I, and I think, you know, I think when I first saw this, I was 13, it was on pay-per-view 
Because it wasn't like, I mean, this is, because every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, that's right. This is a freaking indie movie. Right. There, It's not a big budget movie. This is so indie. Um, and it's still one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Like, it's in my, I think it's in my top five. Yeah. Because it still scares me. It still upsets <laughs> me. I still get, like, really nervous. Like, you know, RIP to Brendan Gleeson's character. Um, <laughs> right. That is the saddest death in the movie where he's just like, screaming to his daughter like get away get away and of course naomi harris is he's infected right. <laughs> when she shrieks in this movie is so good it's so awesome yeah um yeah and and it's and she just and she crushes it she just yeah but then he dies that horrible death and it's the doctor that kills him <laughs> yeah christopher eccleston i love you <laughs> um yeah but it was um sorry i'm looking at my i've got um, the Wikipedia page up and I've got my notes because I, I took notes. Because no. I'm really <laughs> no, I was um, yeah. yeah, no. And also the uh, music that plays at the end when uh, the rain that like, it's like they put a sharp filter from Instagram over it. <laughs> yes. You really see the rain coming down yeah. and that music that builds. I have that on my like Halloween playlist and I always like, I've noticed that when I'm driving to it, like my foot goes down on that <laughs> gas pedal. Cause I'm just like, here we go, here we go, here we go. You know, I've, oh. cause this has always been one of my favorite movies period horror movies period one of my favorite zombie movies um but that's one thing because i saw it when it first came out and mm. and have i've always loved this movie but you're right the music at the end like that scene where jim comes back and he's like infiltrating the he frees the zombie and that music that's always stuck with me it's 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 super effective it's know. so effective because it, it's because i mean you know there's that through line of you know faster than you know, that was you know, it was longer than a heartbeat mm-hmm. when, when mm-hmm. Naomi Harris comes at him with the with machete. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, watching that lady in her long, like, trench coat with this, like, big machete, and she's got her <laughs> hair wrapped back, and she just, she's, like, ready to go. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, like, I mean, she's so, oh, my God. Like, this is how I knew I was, like, kind of bisexual, because <laughs> I was, like, I am attracted to this on so many levels right now. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, she's, like, she's but that music, badass. that pulsing, like, you know music it really does have that heartbeat and it racing your heart racing it's just so it's so good and killian murphy i know he's always been seen as like a sexual like icon or a sex symbol mm-hmm. he looks so weird and sick in this <laughs> he does well yeah he's been in a coma for 28 days yeah he does he does look very sickly he looks very sickly yeah but, they did a good yeah, they convinced me yeah. they've convinced me <laughs> but i, I do oh, have to say shout out to one of our uh, another one of our guests, Tracy Herring, because this movie mm-hmm. came up before and we we just briefly ta- talked about the movie and the opening scene where it opens and Killian Murphy is naked. And shout out to Tracy Herring. She made the comment that Killian Murphy's dong is one of the main reasons to watch the movie, in her opinion. So, you know. <laughs> I, I, I agree, because I, I, I didn't know if I was going to bring that up, but I, I did make notice. I was just like, I think that was the first time I'd ever seen a male penis on screen. <laughs> right. Like I was 13 and because fun story. So my mom, I, my mom, I always, I never trust her when it comes to movies that <laughs> she selects because she's, you know, she's a baby boomer. She's from, she grew up in the fifties. So she like, she thinks watching those really garbage, like sci-fi movies in the afternoons, like that's like, Oh, that's like comfort food for her. Right. It's, you know, the kind of movies that, they mock on MST3K. Like it's it, like she loves those kinds of movies. So we were going through it, and I remember I vaguely, I was trying to think about it today, but I think she must have heard about it on NPR because that's mm-hmm. why she must have said something. 
but she was, you know, because I don't remember the description saying zombie in it. Right. Like, it just said, like, there's a rage virus, and, you know, back back before a worldwide pandemic right. uh, destroyed us all. Um, she, you know, this was 20 years ago. She had, um, we were, you know, looking for a Friday night movie, and she said, oh, I, I think I, I heard about this somewhere, and it must have been National Public Radio. <laughs> uh, so we started watching it, and of course, you know, there's that shot. Right. Of, of him in the bed and like and he's got pubic hair and everything like he's like it there there's no there's no manscaping here no he's, he's, he's well he's he's been he's been growing out for 28 days right so he's been growing out for 28 days and he hasn't had any care for however long right yeah like we don't know quite when the medical staff had to abandon right all hope you know abandon all hope ye who enter here right the end um, is the end is extremely fucking nigh <laughs> dude i love like it's the most it's the most London thing because like Shaun of the Dead, it's not to constantly compare it, but like Shaun of the Dead, they, you know, they're mocking the sort of Brit- the cutesy British responses to things like, yeah. you know, uh, what do you think we should do next? Have a sit down? Yeah. Come to you? you know, like, they're, like making fun of that stuff you know, right. so quickly. But here it's like the real like Londoner response, which is like, you know, all that city grit, city anger, the terror, you know, and of course it's, you know, this big Anglican cathedral and you've got somebody who's painted the end is nearly fucking nigh up there. It's just so <laughs> bone chilling. Yeah. But, and it gets me every time because I know I, I watch this movie often, um, at least once or twice a year. And it still gets me when he's walking through because he's like collecting soda cans and it's kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. like a <laughs> money. <laughs> when I like there's that scene he, he puts a bunch of money in the bag. Right. And, and, and like, he's like looking around like, what the hell? Cause I think there is a part of him that thinks this is a dream. Right. Yeah. He doesn't you know, know what's going on. Yeah. 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 He has no idea what's going on. He's also probably still recovering from the drugs he was on yeah. uh, after his accident. But yeah, when he goes into the cathedral and it gets me every time that one thing like, yeah, <laughs> sit up. Yeah. Like that really fast sit up. It yeah. gets me every time. And I've been watching this movie for 20 years and it's so <laughs> scary. And it's just like because it takes him a while to recognize like oh this is this isn't this isn't right yeah something's wrong yeah well, and especially as like when the what the preacher or whatever starts walking towards him and he's like father father and he's like and it, it, I love that moment because it's like I got goosebumps thinking about it and I just watched it <laughs> well because in that situation like he knows that this guy's fucked up he knows like it's it's slowly dawning on him that he's going to have to crack this guy. Like he's got to defend himself, but there's still that like civility and like the, the like you don't want to bash somebody in the head for any reason, you and know? Then it turns, yeah. I, I think, I think this movie does a great job of showing how much we as human beings, at least in, you know, you know, without, you know, sort of, uh, you know, attitude issues or, or mental health problems, but in general, we do, no matter who we are, try to avoid that kind of physical conflict. Like, right. you know, any action, you know, that's why people watch action movies is because these people just solve problems immediately <laughs> with their fists or their guns or their knives, or their swords, whatever it is. Right. But in general, you know, we're, we're raised to not do that. That's bred out of us, you know, at least, you know, in, in certain societies, it's bred out of us. Like, don't, don't hurt somebody. Right. You never know who you're hurting. You never know, you know, because... But I think, but there's also him like kind of looking around because he sees all those other bodies and he's just like, like I, just, just watching him try to, you know, because he would try to rationalize it. We all would. Yeah. You know, you, you try to rationalize, like, are, 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 like, was it, was this a mass murder? Was this genocide? Like, are these people just sleep? Like, did they all just like sleep? 
like, like, what is this? Right. Um, and then, and then when you realize how fast these things are, I like, I remember holding my breath, white knuckling it. It was the first time I ever white knuckled my way through a movie <laughs> that I wasn't like, where I wasn't like a little kid and I was like scared of something mild, but right. like as a teenager, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, that was, yeah, that, that whole opening is genius. Um, when you see the walking dead, that, that very first episode, um, yeah, no, where he wakes up in the hospital and I remember go, Oh, that's a 28 days later thing. Come on. <laughs> um, but I was like, yeah, that's, that's not terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I just, the, that whole opening scene and then Naomi Harris and, Oh, that actor that she's with that I see in everything. And I'm always like, Oh, that's the guy that dies at the beginning of 28 days later when they get to the, get to, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark, Kelly I can't, Mark I can't house. remember the actor's name, but yeah. yeah. Mark, yeah. Mark, yeah. Let me, I'll, I'll actually look it up because I have <laughs> Noah Huntley is his name. Noah Huntley. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. been in a number of like fantasy movies and stuff. Um, that's yeah. That's why I have the cast list. Cause I'm like, Ooh, this yeah. isn't, but yeah. Um, cause that cause it was so, cause jumping ahead when uh naomi harris's character like cuts him up mm-hmm. um like that is that is the most savage thing yeah because she just so Im- immediately she's just immediately has to take care of this problem you know yeah because she because yeah because because even he like even though he, those are his rules you know he it's not like he says like you know cut my head cut, cut off my head cut off my head he doesn't like sit up and just go like cut my head off right which is what i would try to do hopefully <laughs> i would be you know after being bitten by one of these creatures right. i'd be like please cut my head off um don't chop off my arm and then <laughs> savagely whack me with this machete yeah well, she just like goes for it well, it's I, incredible. I think i think there's a moment of denial that i think would be hard not to have for anybody you know and, and i think there's like a like there's only a split second for her to act and in that moment he hasn't gotten past the denial stage right so he's like wait 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 wait, wait let's talk about this maybe we can like reason our way out of it and she's like no there's only one solution for what's about to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's so brutal. And and like as as I'm watching this, because it, it clearly states because all of these people are alone, which means they've literally lost everybody in their family. Their whole family is gone. Their all, all their friends, their whole social structure, their family structure is gone. Um, it really does mean that because she doesn't really have a story where she's like. You know, oh yeah, because he has the story of his sister and his father. Who, Mark? Like, Mark, yeah, yeah, where he turns around. Yeah. And he was like, he, like his father turned around or something. And, yeah. And his dad, you know, he realized like something was wrong with his father. Um, but she doesn't really have much of a story. So she doesn't, so you just know that without her telling you, she's, she's been, she got very dangerously close to becoming one of these creatures. And she, and, and, and it haunts her. Like she's still, like she's she's gonna push that to the side because she knows that in order for herself to survive, um, she's probably seen seen some some horrible Terrible stuff happen. Yeah, she very much. Well, and even like even when they go to uh, Jim's parent, you know, they're like, "All right, tomorrow we'll go find your dead parents," <laughs> you know, and they go. And they go to his house, and sure enough, his parents are like in bed. They OD'd, right? And yep. they, oh man, and the note, the note they left him that's like, uh, wake up. you know, we, yeah, we left you sleeping. Hopefully, yeah, don't wake up is the, yeah. Oh God, it's so awful. Again, this movie, like, was the first time where I was just like, because I don't, I don't think I understood when I was 13, like, what had happened to them. And I was like, because I, 
because you see them and it's clearly they've been dead for a few weeks. Now. Right. Well, um, and there's like there's alcohol and pills on the bedside table, right? Yeah. Yeah. They 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 killed themselves to, yeah. to avoid whatever this was, which I like. Hey, good on you guys. Like yeah. that's like you don't. I I wouldn't want that either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't want to be a rage zombie. Their corpse. They their corpses are decaying. Yeah. Um. But I I asked my mom. I was like, wait, I don't understand what happened. And she was like, they they had to. Yeah. You know, she's like, they overdosed on all that stuff you see. So they didn't have to go that, you know, because, yeah, you, you don't want to be responsible for hurting your family, which is why Brendan Gleeson's character is like screaming at his daughter at Hannah to, like, get away from me. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, yeah. you don't want to hurt your people. So, yeah, it's just it's it, this movie is so brutal. <laughs> but in that brutality, there's such like great heart and great story. Like, I just I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's oh, man, and that part you mentioned the part with uh, Brendan Gleeson when he turns that man because you could tell like. He just wants to tell her that he loves her and like have he wants to be able to say goodbye, and, and he then, wants to hug her and like do all the physical stuff, but but he can't. Wait. Yeah, and then so she keeps coming toward him, and he <sighs> and he has to like despite the fact that he wants to show his love and care for her, he has to like throw her away and be rough with her to for her own sake. You know, it's so it's terrible. It's awful. You know. Yeah, and she's just screaming and wailing, and then when Naomi Harris comes in and, and sees, because Brendan Gleeson's transformation into that creature is incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah, good. yeah. Like, watching him, like, watching all those jerky movements and him just, like, shrieking. Yeah. It's so good. It's such great, like, physical work. It gives, like, such, like, it it makes you understand how those things move. Yeah. Um, cause we see, we see it a lot with, uh, all the soldiers at the end when they're turning, mm-hmm. um, like all the shaking and like the weird, crazy tremors and stuff. Yeah. Like all that stuff is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I know, like, I, I recognize a lot of those actors from like movies and shows now, like the, um, Oh gosh. Wow. What crap. What's his name? Um, not feral. Um, I think it's, uh, Private Jones, um, the one that's uh, who, who makes the eggs. Okay. Uh, that actor, that actor is on uh, a new uh, Tudor show, Becoming Elizabeth. He plays the Duke of Suffolk, and I, I, like okay. his, his face popped up, and I went, "Oh, it's the oh, it's that sad sick soldier." Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> yeah. I know, like, yeah, I recognize those guys from from these from this movie. Like this, this was like a gig that they had. Yeah. Um, oh man, and that scene where he's like. He's like, did you not notice the eggs had gone over? And he's like, well, I, I thought maybe the salt would cover it. <laughs> and then, like, you just see Christopher Eccles. He's such a good, he's so good at playing an asshole. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gets it out. And uh, one of the, but one of the soldiers says, oh, man, I looked at those eggs and I thought it was Christmas. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Because that's, that's another thing that, like, I don't even think Walking Dead necessarily did a great job of because like they don't re- they kind of ignored shelf life on certain things right I can... in the beginning of the show i feel like they paid more attention to it and like i right. mentioned like this gas is gonna not not work soon um but then now it's i, I haven't i haven't watched the show in like eight seasons or whatever but yeah um yeah like like that that is something that people forget like what happened if if everything stopped yeah it's like the shelf life of certain foods will go away and unless you're unless you're taking care of chickens like you you're not gonna have any protein, y'all. Right. Well, and even you know, even Twinkies, the because everybody, oh, Twinkies, like what? Oh, from yeah, from uh, what's it called? The Twinkie thing from Woody Harrelson in uh, oh, Zombieland. Zombieland, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, even yeah. even those have a shelf life of what, like five, six years tops. Like, in in less than a decade, 
even, you know, canned food only lasts for so long. Like everything only lasts for so long, you know? Yep. So. Yeah, no. So, yeah. So like, uh, I just, what was it? Speaking of shelf life for food, when uh, they're at that parking lot and he goes into that food truck and he's, and she's like, well, what are you looking for? And he goes, cheeseburgers. I was like, whoa, <laughs> just the idea yeah. Of the smell from that place. Yeah. Like anything. Oh, gross. Oh, I, I feel like they, they, they do it a little bit when they, when they, they see his parents, they're like, Oh, like the smell. But, um, and I feel like that weird green haze or that gray haze they have in every shot. Right. Um, to me that like really speaks to like the pollution <laughs> of these cities and like the smell of everything decaying must be absolutely horrendous. Terrible, yeah. So when they go on their little like picnic and they see the horses, like everything, like the colors are so lush. Everything <laughs> looks so nice out in the countryside. Yeah. The fucking city. <laughs> it's like the first time they haven't smelled death in days, weeks, you know? Oh, and when they see those horses, I mean, it's almost like anybody from the city driving out to the country. The moment they see cows, they go, oh, cows! <laughs> you know, like these city people stand up and they're like, oh, horses! But they're also like, but, it's, but it really is a, a happy moment of like, oh, look at these beautiful, majestic animals just galloping across an open field. Like, oh, isn't that lovely? Right. Um, yeah, but that, that movie, yeah, this movie is just so... It's so good with the highs and the lows. Like, them going grocery shopping is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kelly and Murphy being like, I can eat this raw, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, uh, I, I, it looked, maybe it was just, like, brightly lit. But it very looked, brightly lit. It looked like there was a lot of light in the grocery store. I was, I was like, how, why is there so much light in the grocery store, you know? I would be doing Which, so much more sneaking around. I, I, but then again, I'm a scaredy cat. Like I would be doing so much more sneaking around and I'd be like, I, 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 it would be like, uh, Emily Blunt and, uh, what's his name from, uh, um, what, oh a, a quiet place, quiet place. Yeah. Just yeah. signing. Yeah. Cause I do know sign language. So I'd just be like signing to everybody. I'd have like a piece of paper. Oh, like, right. Oh, we, yeah, that's right. We me. have that. We have that in common. Yeah. 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 We would be like signing to each other. Like, no, not there. Like we wouldn't be going over that way. Right. Like, I would, I would be. <laughs> I'd have a mask over my face. I'd have goggles on because now we know that any kind of blood getting into your eye could happen. You right. Know? Well, and, um, and to, tie, such a great moment. to tie it all back together, have you seen A Quiet Place 2? I have not. No, Killian Murphy has a large role in A Quiet Place 2. So. I didn't know Killian. Oh, I thought he was just doing Peaky Blinders. No, 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 no. He's got a really good, You should, if you liked A Quiet Place, you should watch the sequel. It's good. Yeah. I will. I will. It's, it's, it's on, it's on, everything's on my list, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that, that grocery store is very brightly lit. And of course they have that like kind of happy, like funny music playing while they're shopping. And like, there's that cute moment where he's just like, no, 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 no. Get the good stuff. Yeah. Like, even <laughs> yeah, taking the good being, liquor. <laughs> we're getting, we're being picky even, even in, even in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> um, but yeah. And like Naomi Harris, of course, is like stocking up on like protein stuff and like, you know, oh my God, I think I'd be going for all the aspirin and all the pills. Yeah. Oh, she I does that too. I mean, she's got quite the pharmacy in her bag. Yeah. I mean, you need it. Like, yeah. She, no, she's, she's definitely, she knows what she's doing. She's. <laughs> yeah. She is brave enough to take a sleeping pill though. Yeah. When they're out on that picnic. I, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to be so tired of being terrified that even if I were eaten, I wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I have to be. Oh, God. Well, and talking but, about them, you know, being in the grocery store and making noise, it's interesting that they don't really encounter any hostile people. Well, and the movie's kind of broken into two halves, right? There's the first half, which is like the survival zombie apocalypse half, um, in which they don't encounter any hostile people. And the zombies, for some reason, seem to be nocturnal. So they seem they seem pretty safe in the daytime. Yeah, right? there's something about yeah, there's something about their the rage that makes them only hostile at night, and that they're pretty docile during the day, or at least they're pretty docile when it comes to light. Right, like they have light sensitivity because when they're in the tunnel, which to this day, worst scene. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, oh no, no, no. Oh no, with the rats when she's like the when Hannah's on the ground and the rats are yeah. Okay, she. For all the screaming she's doing, she's being very calm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be losing it. I would be cussing my parents out. I'd be like, I'm hey, fucking doing about this. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. But like, I, and, and, and this is also one of the first movies I'd seen, one of the first horror movies where the women in the film are smart. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're, they're genuinely smart because up until now, you know, through the nineties, obviously slap the teen slasher reigns as king. Yeah. Um, the 80s of course the teen slasher uh so i wasn't used to and whenever there was an adult in a movie they were always just being mean to a child or they themselves <laughs> were the problem right um so to see like three intelligent active you know forward-thinking adults plus a a child who herself is very capable yeah like it it just it it, it really is a very natural and a huge breath of fresh air like Instead of being like this ditzy, you know, slutty version of whatever wet male dream is happening, <laughs> Hannah is like, I don't know, she looks, I always, and I said this to this day, she looks like my friend Ellen Tarkowski. Um, <laughs> shout out to my friend Ellen Tarkowski. She, like the, the ponytail in the back, like the way her face is shaped. I'm like, yeah, that's my friend Ellen. Yeah. Um, but she's wearing like a fleece and, and she's got those jeans on. Like she just looks like a, like a regular teenage girl. Yeah. Um, instead of some kind of weird slutty fantasy, which of course they try to change her and Naomi Harrison to, yeah. and they battle it like that. <sighs> Let me wax poetically about <laughs> that ending, please. Because oh, yeah. they really, because up until now they have been fast thinking. Uh, I mean, you know, Hannah doesn't say much, but she was the one that changed that damn tire. She, uh, yeah. Well, she, she changed the tire and on the balcony, like she made a good case why they should all go to she was I, I i i do i love her characterization because she she's a child but she is she is shown to be very capable like again and again you know mm -hmm. yeah I, I can totally see her being on like the front lines of like the future i never saw 28 weeks, weeks later, later. Uh -huh. i never saw it i just never did I, and i love robert carlisle and roseburn but like i was like I, i'm just not gonna watch this um but uh yeah she she shows herself to be perfectly capable and amazing and, a, and like, you know, I could, but I could see her like, you know, five, 10 years from now, like being on the front lines of like rescuing survivors or, yeah. or like making, make kind of getting the world back to a new routine and that sort of thing. Like, like that's how smart she is. Uh, and of course, Naomi Harris's character is just a, an amazing survivor, an amazing leader. She's smart. She like makes quick decisions and like, you know, you really got to make a good case for her to change her mind because <laughs> she she does know what's the right thing to do. She's very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when they try to change them into the, you know, and it, it's so, it's so awful and it's so traumatizing, but it's so like 
Selena really is taking control of this situation and doing her absolute best. And she does an amazing job. And of yeah. course, Hannah is stoned out of her mind. And like, <laughs> how strong are you to hang on to a mirror, like with your fingertips yes, and yeah. lift your legs up for like two solid minutes? Because I used to time that because I was like, would I be able to do that? No, no, <laughs> I am way too weak for that. I would be, and that's another part of the thing about that scares me about this movie is I would be dead within seconds. Right. I yeah. cannot run those damn things. Yeah. And I sure as hell can't hold myself up behind a mirror while this like creepy dead soldier creature is going, yeah. hey, hey. you know, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, no. Yeah. So, oh God. And no. like, it, it's just, yeah. But so like that scene of, of the two of them, you know, working to like, you know, survive this next truly terrible horror because yeah. this is where you see real fear in their eyes before then like they're, they're afraid they are scared but this is the real fear and it's it's like oh my god the world has come to an end and we're still dealing with like sexual assault and the threat of rape and like the threat of like and all this sexism yeah we're still dealing with well and that's well that's you yeah. know that's kind of that's kind of what i was saying earlier you know about the movie being broken into two parts and there, there are some, there are some terrifying moments with the zombies for sure. You know, the the tunnel scene being one of them. But really, I, I think this part of why this movie is so effective is because you're right there with the characters. You know, and like the zombies are a very small part of it. And when you get to the second half of the movie, it's really the men, the 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 soldiers or whatever, who are. That I mean, that's the terror is is these fucking soldiers. Yeah, because soldiers. in order to defeat them, Killian Murphy unleashes hell on them. Yeah, and it's, and it's the hell of the of the creatures coming at them. And like, I mean, yeah, it really was like the. It, it, it's a very weird. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a very weird. Well, yeah. I, it's. I mean, it's almost like even like a destructive force of nature is better and more. I, I don't know than like a malevolent, vicious like the just like the ill intent of of a conscious human being like even a totally destructive force of nature is preferable to that you, you yeah, know that's that's such a cool take on it that's such a great take yeah like i think out of the two things i'd rather just like overdose and drop myself off the top of that roof than like be like hard, like just be brutalized by these soldiers right um and like i don't know i i'm certain that I'm certain under the dark reach, and it's because of this part of the movie that I didn't do any like googling of like any articles about that scene because mm -hmm. I know I'll find some awful man child that's going to be like, "How dare they treat those soldiers like that?" <laughs> right. um, like you, you know, you know, you're going to find that right, guy. yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like it's so because it's also just so satisfying how like Naomi Harris and and Hannah like. They, they solve their own problems, even though Hannah's just like stoned out of her mind. Maybe yeah. that's for part of her superhuman strength is like, she was just so stoned. Well, and, like, oh. and, and even while she's stoned out, I don't think it's an intentional thing, but like, she's like, she's, it's almost like psychological warfare on the soldiers where she's like, they're dead. They're not coming back. You're going to die next. And the, she's like, she's freaking them the fuck out. You know, like, Cause they're screaming at her. They're like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. And she's just like, Okay. Yeah. So what happens if the captain dies? Do you become captain? Yeah. And it's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, you're right. She's freaking them out. Yeah, Hannah is like one of the best teenagers in a horror movie. It's like her and Carrie yeah. White. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> um but yeah, she's yeah, she crushes it. And of course, 
But like this whole scene is so satisfying. And that's part of why I, I will watch it over and over again. Because when Killian Murphy comes back and you see like, like Selena, Naomi Harris's character, like realize like, Oh, Oh, we're, because she's with that awful, that one really awful soldier, that, that yeah. really bad creep. Mitch, um, Mitchell, I think, was the ter- the worst one, was Mitchell, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, oh, that's right, because he was a corp, I, I, he was, he was like second highest ranked, which yeah. you're like, oh, great, you're, you're second in command. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, yeah, because she, because he's like screaming at her, move, move, move. And when she realizes that, like, she's got a, like another way out of here, like, she does a great job. And of course, like, I will never, I feel like there is an interview, uh, if you go to YouTube, there's always those interviews with, you know, it's like, oh, this famous actor, like, reviews their movie history, and mm-hmm. it's like Kira Knightley or Brad Pitt or somebody talking about movies they've done. Well, they have one with Killian Murphy, and of course, what do they ask him about? The fingers and the eyes. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> if this whole movie wasn't the most terrifying brutal gross thing you'd ever seen mm-hmm. they added that in yeah <laughs> when it's and it's so terrible it's so brutal but it like i don't know you said before it's so satisfying because you just hate this guy you're like you're like yeah fucking smash his head and you're like you know you're like oh my god that's super brutal but yeah fuck that he's, guy you know yeah he, he's a would-be rapist he's probably an actual rapist already yeah. like kill him yeah like, it's so uh yeah. For all the horrible deaths that we have to watch, um, Mark, and then, of course, uh, Frank, Frank Gleason's character. Yeah. Like, watching this guy die a really vicious death. Yeah. <laughs> chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, chef's so good. Kiss. What, and he's terrible, and then, but almost, I, it's, it's like Christopher Eccleston's character is almost worse. Uh, Major Henry Major West. Major West, yeah. Because he's like, he's trying to justify it. And like, he's like, look, I'm just doing what I have to, to keep these guys. It's almost worse that he's like trying to act like he's not a total piece of shit, you know? Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. It's, it's, it's almost like he's even more scared than anybody else in this film. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, he's a military guy. He, he is followed only because of his rank and his leadership quality, and all that stuff. If he loses one of these dudes, like if they go nuts and decide, Hey, we can, fuck this guy he's no longer our boss like like he's he he loses everything right so he needs to keep them happy and it's it yeah you know and you know what he also is probably like yeah maybe i'll get a piece for myself he's oh and he that's the thing like he definitely would you know he definitely would but but yeah yeah but it's the yeah he has this like whatever small amount of power is left over in this world that's totally collapsed like He's just like clinging to this precarious power structure that he's still somehow sitting atop of. And it's like, it's a house of cards that it's can't stand, you know, it's not going to stand. It's so bad. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I I absolutely adore like, like, and, and Hannah, of course, with the car. She just hops in. She's driving. Yeah. And yeah. And like her hitting reverse. And like timing it perfectly with that with that creature that just yanks him through the back. It's just <laughs> yeah, yeah, mailer. Well done, movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mailer. Oh, that's right. It's mailer. Mailer. Oh yeah, yeah poor mailer. <laughs> I remember my mom was the one that first pointed that out to me. She always she always made the comment. She was like, "They have to use a black actor in a chain like that. That that's a that's a 
at least at least for an American, like what, seeing that that's symbolism for us. I, yeah, uh, at I, least which I had that same yeah, thought because I, I, I was like, have I I'm seen it? Like, was that has there been another black character? I mean, other than you know uh, what's her name, Naomi uh, Harris. Harris so, yeah, I was like, this is like the only black guy we've seen in the movie. And yeah, that thought definitely occurred to me. And then, and then later I was like, oh, there's another black soldier, but yeah, you're, it, it did hit me in a weird way. I was like, that's odd. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. And I, cause I remember my mom pointed it out when we were watching and she was like, oh, that's cause I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what their, what, what, what symbols freak, like kind of send up red flags, I should say. Right. Um, for, which I, I'm sorry, Britain, you should have that red flag. Um, <laughs> Right, yeah. I'm looking at you, Britain. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at you. Um, you know, because because there's also another symbol with because uh, uh, Farrell, the Scottish soldier, he's the only Scottish soldier in there. Uh-huh. He's the only like non-Englishman there. I don't hear any Irish, Northern Irish, or Welsh accents there. Yeah. So you can, can kind of hear like there's also kind of a prejudice there against him aside from the fact that he's the only smart decent human being yeah he's crowd. yeah he's the only one willing to like uh yeah put forth a kind of dissent and stand up to what's going on uh yeah yeah but yeah I, yeah like so there's there is there is like weird prejudice happening amongst these soldiers so i don't mind that they're all killed horribly yeah um, <laughs> no not at all but yeah no yeah Mailer, it's so it's so Mailer, pleasing being in the chains was a little bit like like to this day i still just go oh yeah but that could be commentary that could be further commentary yeah um, when and and while we're yeah. talking about mailer my i think the first time i watched this movie uh was with a good friend of mine he's been on the show before a guy by the name of jordan owens um oh, yeah. but he gets so excited about stuff that he loves and he enjoys like he can he can enhance a, a movie or a viewing experience right and I remember, I remember yeah. specifically watching this movie with him. And I think Brent, who probably isn't going to join us, but that's fine. I think, I think Brent was probably watching it with us. And and Jordan was pointing out in the mailer scene how West, right, Christopher Eccleston, like shows Killian this zombie that they have on a chain, and he like shows him, and then he leaves, and Killian Murphy's still looking at the zombie for a minute, and the zombie like kind of waves him over. He's like, hey, come here. Huh. He's like waving. Oh, yeah. And and Killian Murphy like starts to go towards him. And then the zombie's like, and reaches out. Yeah. <laughs> and But my buddy Jordan, my buddy Jordan was like, if that fucking zombie could have just been a little more patient and waited just a couple more seconds, Killian, Mur- he would have been close. He doesn't have patience anymore. That's, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all gone with the rage, but... But he was like, he was like, oh man, the fucking the zombies plan almost worked, but he fucked it up. <laughs> kind of gotten him. Yeah. yeah, that's oh my god, I never even thought about that. Like, because I think I always look at it through Killian Murphy, where he's just sort of like, I'm sort of like, don't be stupid. Like you've you've seen this shit in action. A friend of yours just died a horrible death. <laughs> right. Like you, like you just watched him die a horrible death. Like you know what this, you, you know what's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, you're right. He's he is kind of like. Come here, sure. come here. Like there's almost a human, like an almost human moment of like, hey, I got something to tell you real quick. Yeah, and Kelly Murphy's like, oh, wait ah. a minute, maybe it's maybe it's not so bad. Oh, God! <laughs> but... <laughs> and like, he like shuts that door. He's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, you know, it. one thing we it. didn't we didn't mention with Frank's death is for the character of Selena, because it's hard, like she's so hard when we first meet her and she's like given up on everything and she slowly thaws out 
by spending time with Killian, I think, but uh, well, in her own words, by spending time with Frank and Hannah, she was like, they have each other. They have something. And just, I, I mean, it's bad for Hannah when her dad is killed for sure. Yeah, but absolutely. But how much it crushes Selena and, and this like, you know, she's just kind of come out of her shell and has like kind of started to have some kind of faith in people again and like opening up and being vulnerable and Frank's death just like shuts all that back down for her, you know? Yeah. I think I, yeah. Cause, cause there's a moment earlier on, whether uh, in the countryside, this is when they've gone to sleep and, and Kelly Murphy's had his nightmare and he rolls over and he refers to Frank as dad. In yeah. His sleep. And so I think, I think in this family's this kind of, shoved together family structure frank emerged as the father figure not obviously he's hannah's father right but to jim and selena like oh oh we have a dad again like because i mean these are people that within very fresh they've lost their whole family yeah um so to have like i I think maybe as human beings we kind of naturally seek that out like parental figures um you know sibling kind of figures uh you know i mean even amongst friends you just you're just like oh you're you're the brother from another mother. You're the sister I never had. Or, you know, we, we, we kind of put those roles on people. I, you know, I work at the Renaissance Festival and, and I, I refer to, shout out to Tony Cornwall Evans. Um, I refer to her as my Renfest mom. Uh, <laughs> Sasha Nelson is my Renfest booby, you know, because she feeds me. Like, you know, you know we, we put these kind of titles on people in our regular lives. But if we were to lose our actual families, if we were to lose everything, yeah, I think we would do that almost instinctively without actually saying it. Yeah, um, I think we would we would put that kind of title on 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 someone else, um, just just for our own sanity and yeah. our hearts. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, I I think you're you're absolutely right. Selena is definitely coming out of her shell, starting to enjoy herself a little bit, a little bit, yeah. Um, maybe not constantly, yeah, like looking over her shoulder three times. She's looking over it like once you know like she's she's good but yeah no, no she she definitely like she goes right back down she backslides back into her you know trust no one survival the yeah end is, you know and doesn't nearly fucking night. yeah it's, it's here the end is here yeah kind of thing um <laughs> but yeah it's so it's so good yeah well one thing we kind of we kind of <laughs> skipped over the the very first scene um but i think it's an interesting scene how the rage escapes with, with those people who probably have the best intentions oh, yeah. trying to release uh, chimpanzees. And it, it also reminds me of the movie. Have you seen 12 monkeys? Yes. With, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So very, like kind of a similar, you know, yeah. you release uh, like an environmental group releasing chimps that brings about the end of the world, you know? So, yeah, the kind of, they're either depending on who you who you they're either eco terrorists or they're freedom fighters or <laughs> however you want to put it, but um, yeah, it's it really is very because typically I think those people are always painted in a more positive light, like we're rescuing these vulnerable creatures, but here they really look naive and stupid. Yeah, for what they've done, you know, and because that one woman she like walks up and you know after that scientist just walked in and he's like begging them please stop, 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 stop. And she walks, she's like, that's all right, love, you know, come on out. And she's like, <laughs> like soft baby talking this, this monkey. And this thing just like, yeah. like right at her. Just it's attack. so visceral. And that, that movie, that, that scene really does set the tone for the whole film. Cause like everybody's screaming at each other. 
everybody's upset. Everybody's angry. Everybody thinks they're right. Yeah. Everybody thinks what they're doing is correct. Um, but it's when you have all the information that you realize what's actually happening. It's once we realize that these monkeys are infected with something yeah. that we realize like, oh, we shouldn't have done anything like this. And uh, quite frankly, like we should have just terminated these creatures. I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> but we should have just killed those chimps. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do know in Shaun of the Dead, they do make fun of, it's like a hot second, but they make fun of 28 Days Later. Um, I think it's at the end of Shaun of the Dead where he's, it's, you know, six months later, he's flipping through the channels. And it's that same joke where a whole sentence is created by different TV shows and different channels. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and there's a news anchor that's talking. She goes, uh, the theory that... Uh, um, that the epidemic was was uh, started by rage is as has now been debunked and is thought to be complete. And he changes the channel, and the next one is bullshit. <laughs> oh man, I, for, we, so I, just, I actually yeah, I've got that in my notes here. Yeah, it's just like oh, that's right. Like there's a part where they actually kind of make a quick joke about 28 days later. And oh. um, but then again, like 28 days later, as we said earlier, like these these creatures aren't zombies traditionally. Right. Like they. You know, obviously, I think it's Alex Garland is the the screenwriter, and he did use zombie films as his like, you know, inspiration. Yeah, but they're not they're they're not traditional zombies. They're not the like kind of mindless wandering, you know, uh, brains brains. Um, you know, they are actually, honest to goodness, like human beings that are so hyped up on adrenaline that they can't, you know. Yeah, they can't stop. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, they're just which I love that, and uh, I mean, and the fact that you mentioned Alex Garland, I you know, I love his writing. Uh, you know, this if anybody enjoyed this movie, he and the director Danny Boyle and Killian Murphy Murphy actually uh, collaborated on a movie called Sunshine, which is a great movie. Oh, it's I don't know if you Ooh, haven't seen, I've never seen that. Yeah, Sunshine is it's these it's the writer, the director Killian Murphy's back. Chris Evans is in it. Um, it's oh, <laughs> it's really good. It's my husband. Okay, it's yeah. a fun. It's a fun little sci-fi story. But um, but yeah, he, he wrote this. He wrote the Judge Dread that came out with Carl Urban, and then he went on to direct some of my favorite, like Ex Machina. I love that movie. Um, I just I know uh he just did the eight he did a twenty four film uh Men yes uh with Rory Kinnear yeah yeah so I know I know that that's another which, one of his which projects, I haven't so. I haven't seen yeah. Men yet but I really enjoyed Ex Machina I love Annihilation with Natalie Portman we've covered that on the show I love that yep. movie um yeah but yeah I'm always I'm yeah. always, even like he did a TV show called Devs which wasn't perfect but I enjoyed it very much you know so. I mean, this movie is, is 28 Days Later is so, it's so good because it, it really is, you know, it, it can very easily just be thrown into the horror film zombie genre and that's fine. Yeah. But at the same time, it really is a film about the apocalypse mm -hmm. and like what we, what we would go through and what we'd encounter. Um, and again, I mean, Farrell's great line of who gives a shit about a diseased little island. Like it's so like... <laughs> It's just, I yeah. mean, it, it's so he's because he, he's he is so philosophical, but he dies as you know he, he does he does get killed, um, probably because he was philosophizing and not like being like Killian Murphy where he's like, I gotta get out of here, <laughs> like, we gotta go. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, and, 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 I, and I like the fact that, you know, Killian Murphy's able to escape because A, he's like, he's kind of fucking with the soldiers and playing on the sympathies of the one soldier. And then the worst guy, Mitchell, doesn't want to just shoot him. He wants to like stab him and torture him. And he wants to hurt him. He want, Yeah, he wants to. Yeah. So and that's what causes the rift that allows Killian Murphy to even escape, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, because if you think about it, all three of them are doing that. Because we're talking about Hannah, like, where she's, like, kind of just sitting there being like, so if he dies, does that make you the leader? Like, you know, (laughs) she's kind of just playing on their weird structure. Uh, Naomi Harris, of course, is completely subversing them and drugging Hannah. Yeah, manipulating the fuck out of them. Yeah, and if they hadn't gotten caught, she probably would have just started arming herself with knives or something. Like, she would have started, like trying to like she yeah she's not gonna just submit here she's gonna go she's gonna do everything she can to keep to get to keep herself safe but also she's got to stay there for hannah yeah um you know and and so those drugs are meant as like a last resort because you know she says like i'm not i'm making you not care yeah um so that she could probably like be the one to be awake and like save if she needs to um but yeah all three of them are doing that uh which is so great but yeah i Mitchell is so awful because, and, and part of the reason he wants to stick Killian Murphy is because he wanted to do that to Farrell. Because Farrell says, oh, are you going to stick me? Yeah. Are you going you, you, to be a coward and not shoot me? And then Jones, that guy, the the, the really nice, the kind of nice one, right. um, he shoots him. Uh, yeah. So Farrell dies quickly, which I'm like, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least there's <laughs> that. that. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, there's small joys here. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, Farrell trying to bring a little bit of uh, civility into this fucking barbaric. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, even Christopher Eccleston's character gives him shit at dinner where he's like, you know, did you think, do you realize that this whole planet, like, us leaving it is probably, like, us, or us getting killed off is, like, the greatest possible thing to have ever happened <laughs> to this Earth? Right. Like, you know, like, yeah, because he's talking, I mean, and, and he's not wrong. Like, all of everything he's saying is correct. I, I'm like, I'm cause every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, he's right. Us dying off is the best thing to possibly happen to that planet. And then Christopher Eccleston's just like, oh, yes, have you met our our guru? You know, yeah, and, our and spiritual guru. Like, yeah. Well, and yeah, and it's just. Oh. Well, and and what was interesting, like the, the interesting thing there to me was like their points of view on the world, how Farrell was like. You know, not just that it's the best thing that can happen, but but mankind disappearing would be a return to normalcy, right? That was his thing. He was like, if humans disappeared, that would be a return to normalcy. And then Christopher Eccleston's response is, well, people fighting and killing each other, this seems like normalcy to me. From the perspective of like a military man, this is all normal. Like us just like savagely killing each other. And I don't know, that scene, right, like I spoke to their just like their perception of the world and how the world should They're, be, you know? Yeah. Because we've, we've, we've followed our little makeshift family where we're just trying to have trust in each other and survive. Mm-hmm. And so we see that perspective, like, like we really do get everyone's perspective on how the world should work and how the world should be. And it's God, it's, it, it really, I, I love Farrell's, monologues i love his his philosophizing and i i like i always commend them for having that character yeah just because like even though he ends up dying and he doesn't make it i i still just i he's 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 can to my to me he's entirely correct because while yes you know christopher west or christopher eccleston major west is correct in like us just you know brutally murdering each other is like a return to normalcy 
I, I have to I have to go with Farrell first because like well we became self aware. That's our problem. Like we were, right. you know, if, if we were if we had just sort of remained in our original ape form, we would have just you know been our our you know way our regular ways. Um, and we became self aware, right? And we became smart, <laughs> and we you know and now. And now we're setting our planet on fire. Right. But we're also trying to find ways to uh, distract ourselves by watching these movies and uh, talking to each other about it on the internet. So, yeah, like, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, you got, I mean, you got to do something as, as Manchester Burns, right? Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, just like, just watching them discuss Manchester, just watching these Londoners discuss, like, do we leave London? Like, do we, do we make this trip? Yeah. Is so, you know, it, it, cause, cause you know, when he's like, the walls are, you know, the walls in these flats are old and thin, like you, we can hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, cause, cause you can see like, that's like the first moment where she seems to have any kind of shame. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, cause she's like, oh, I, 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 you know, like she tries to like, like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. And he's like, no, come on. Like, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah, like it's okay. Like I'm not offended. Like you do need us, and then and then of course that moment that you were talking about with Hannah, where she's like, "Actually, you need us more than we need you." Like we're barricaded in here. Like you're fine. We're fine here. Yeah. But um, oh my god, it just every what I love about this movie is like everybody looks dirty and tired. <laughs> everybody looks unkempt. Like even Naomi Harris, like as as put together as she does look, like she does. She is constantly at the ready. Yeah. But like Kelly Murphy looks sick. You know, Brendan Gleeson, um, this girl playing Hannah, like everybody looks like normal people, but they all do look dirty and tired. Yeah. And I really like, thank you. Thank you. Right. We're not trying to like sexify up anybody. Like, <laughs> like these people look like they've survived an apocalypse and, and it, it totally tracks. I just, I so appreciate it. Yeah. I really, really do. No, it's so good. And and just one thing I want just because I reread it recently and because I'm listening to a podcast now where they're talking about it. Anybody who enjoys this movie, if, if they haven't read it, uh Stephen King's The Stand is a great post apocalyptic It's on my bookshelf. It's I it's on my bookshelf. One I couldn't like I kept just because I reread it recently, I kept drawing comparisons between that end of the world and this end of the world. And there's a frightening tunnel scene in the stand and uh sweating already thinking about it yeah yeah well and but one thing i love about the stand is there's a very there's like hundreds and hundreds of pages of like a transition period between everything being okay because in so many books so many movies you don't have that much time it's like everything's okay boom everything's fallen fallen apart and gone to shit but this i love in the stand there are hundreds and hundreds of pages where the the characters are like okay, shit seems kind of bad, but can I just go about my normal life? And they like slowly realize like, oh, I can't just live my normal life anymore. Like things are changing, you know? That's, that's exactly how it would be like, and, and, uh, of, you know, because I think when horrible things happen, you know, the most vulnerable populations suffer. And unless you have a direct link to that kind to someone in that part, that's part of that population, you know, I mean, I, even during the pandemic, like, you know, I, you know, I, I, I definitely like, you know, I, I'm able to stay in my bedroom all the time. Of course, obviously, unfortunately, there were people that still had to go out and work because, you know, if they don't get paid, they can't live where they're living. And like, you know, obviously COVID like ruined everything yeah. and, you know, horrible capitalist monster ruined everything too. But, um, 
yeah, like we will do anything in our power to keep going about our normal day-to-day lives. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think about like, you know, if someone in my house had gotten sick or something, or uh, I don't know, it just, it just, I, I like how I think I still would have just been like, Oh, I still need to sit down at my computer and, you know, answer emails and right, stuff. Yeah. Like I <laughs> still yeah, have to like, work. I, think, I still have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like people were doing everything in their power to like, you know, fingernails on the chalkboard, like hang on to <laughs> any kind of, any semblance of normalcy from the old, you know, before times, um, and then the new times, but yeah, like you're right. Like there is hundreds of pages of transition in that book. And it's because that that to me is the most realistic thing, unless something super drastic and traumatic happens to you, you're not going to change overnight. Things aren't going to change overnight for you. Yeah. Um, obviously with the, with 28 days later, with the way the rage spreads, um, there's no way of like, there's no way to have a transition. You can't yeah. transition. Like there's you, 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 one day you're okay. And the next day everything is terrible. Yeah. The next um, day, everybody's puking blood yeah. on you. <laughs> Everyone's puking blood on you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, this, this movie is, is insane. And also like, it just makes you think like, how would you even survive? Yeah. Like, like how would you even try? It's so, oh, um, but yeah, those are, I, I'm looking at my notes. I think we covered everything. Like my, my feminist, like, hell yeah, kind of moment. Um, I do love like the little joke at the end of the movie where she's, you know, of course she knows how to use a sewing machine. Yeah. Um, that old thing with the, yeah, she's like yeah. using it and he's, and he's like looking at the red and he goes, oh, it looks like this is a stress. Yeah, and she, she's sewing it into their like rescue signal. Yeah, yeah, their 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 hello, their hello sign. Um, yeah, it's such a great yeah, and it's so nice because yet once again, when they're out in the country, they're safe again. Like yeah. if it's just them out in the country, they're all three of them are safe. Next week we cover 2019's Daniel isn't real, so be sure to check that out. And as always. You can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at Headcanon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash Horror Movie Pod. Do you do you have a headcanon, a thought for a headcanon, or I I can go first if you want a minute to to think about you. Your... Go ahead first because I I have one, but you go you go right. first. Yeah, mine's mine's super simple. I just want I just like to imagine that the horses that they saw running as they were out that the horses claim society and they build a horse society and, and England becomes, you know, governed by these, uh, yeah, just a horse culture. It's a, Oh yeah. It's like Rohan without the humans. Yeah. 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 Just horses. <laughs> without the humans. And maybe, yeah, just may- horses. yeah, maybe they find some survivors and they ride the humans around maybe, you know, or no. Oh my God. Yes. <sighs> Oh my God, 10 million years in the future and evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah humans are the horses now. Yeah. <laughs> um, my headcanon, uh, I think I did say it a little bit earlier. Like, I was like, I can see Hannah like 10 or 15 years from now, like being on the front lines of like rescue. Yeah. Um, she's also, but she's also got a memoir published um, <laughs> about her experience. Like, she, she becomes like, like Jim and Selena like fade into the background. Like, they, they, they end up together. They, they, they're, they're out having like a, living their lives and having beautiful children right on a farm on a farm somewhere on a farm somewhere yeah i don't think 
I don't think either of them would ever return to a city. I know no. I, if I was from the city, I would never return. Yeah. Because like, no. that's it, close quarters. I'd be too terrified. Um, but I, but my headcanon is that Hannah like grows up to be like the face of like, you know, this weird rage virus survival. <laughs> right. Um, and she's always like, she's the expert, like whatever news anchors they have in the future. They're just like, Oh, with us today, we have a, uh, Hannah so and so, yeah. and and she's uh, with her extraordinary story of uh, her father and uh, and and two very close friends uh, surviving uh, the terror of the rage virus in London. Uh, Hannah, and, and and she's just like there, like looking very modest and you know, yeah, you know, cool. But she's maybe she's got, like like got a cool like dyed streak through her hair, and she's you know, and and yeah, she just becomes the face of like that generation of kids that yeah. witnessed and survived uh, the rage virus. Uh, pandemic and uh yeah that's <laughs> yeah i love that's, it that's hannah yeah i could totally yeah i, I would love to see like a, a a weird fan fiction book about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that sounds great oh uh, yeah. was there, is there anything uh you this so this will probably come out in a couple months or so but is there anything yeah. you want to plug or or point people toward social media anything like that Absolutely. Um, as I said earlier, uh, I was in rehearsal for the Maryland Renaissance Festival, which is out in Crownsville, Maryland. It's right outside Annapolis. Uh, so we get all the humidity that they didn't have in 16th century England, but we're wearing those gowns. Um, I have the second heaviest gown, I think, this year. Um, yeah, it's made out of carpet. Or no, upholstery. Sofa upholstery, yes. Wow. Um, that's not a joke. That sounds, that's, that's real. That sounds uh, terrible. It's, yeah, it's very heavy. My friend Lori, uh, shout out to Lori Simons. She's playing uh, Jane Seymour, who's going to be Henry VIII's third wife. Mm. And she has this gorgeous, like, lavender silk gown. <laughs> and so I'm standing next to her. And she looks lovely and, you know, beautiful and prim and da. Uh, and I'm, like, standing next to her in this big brown carpet. And I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> just, like barely just able to breathe. I'm just sweating just buckets. So- soaking sweat like yeah no matter how because i i like to be tight laced into my dress because i hate like slipping and sliding around in these gowns Uh so no matter how tight it is like there is a a thick layer of sweat between me and my shift and my gown like there's just like there's like a wall of sweat it's the berlin wall um but anyway aside from that i will be doing uh i'll be i'm on cast there at the renaissance festival um, and we run through Sunday, October 3rd. Yes. Okay. Sunday, October 3rd, every weekend. Um, so if, if you guys are listening to this and you're in Maryland or something, whatever, um, please come see me. Um, but also I am still with the comedy pigs. Uh, that's my short form improv team. Uh, we were out, we're at the Maryland ensemble theater in Frederick, Maryland. Um, I haven't been rehearsing with them because I've been at the festival. Um, but I actually returned to rehearsals this Wednesday and, uh, the 31st of August. And, um, uh, we do shows. We have shows, Met Comedy Night, um, the first Friday and Saturday of every single month. Um, and we have a sketch show in January, which is always interesting and gross and fun. Okay. There's usually that's, a splash zone. That's an intriguing uh, description. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's because, you know, because we, we do short form and we do all the games and stuff and it's lots of fun and we're all so wacky and cool. <laughs> and then we get to the sketch show and we're all like, everybody's like got their own writing style and once we put it all together, it's just like, this is what's going on in your brain. Like, you think this is funny? Okay, great. All right. Yeah, we'll do this. Great. Okay. And I end up having to do something really disgusting. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, the comedy pigs. Uh, and those are the two major things that I do. Uh, I have a couple, I used to have a couple of other theater projects, but because of the pandemic, like, 
they're still not coming back. Yeah. Um, just yet. But, but yeah, Maryland, Ense- uh, Maryland Renaissance Festival and the Comedy Pigs at the Maryland Ensemble Theater are my two two places you can catch me. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you again, Julia Williams. We will make sure to have you back soon. Thank you, everyone at home, for yes. listening. This has been Head Cannon. Yeah! Oh,